Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley. I've been playing my Steam Deck. And joining me this week is someone else who's now been playing a Steam Deck. It's Stu. How you doing, Stu? I'm very, very good, yeah. So I have the deck, as it is uh, it's called. It is probably big enough to stick some rollers on and use it as an actual skateboarding deck as well. But I like it. It feels comfy. As, as I said... It'll, you get charged with one of these to get through the uh, through the uh, over the QET bridge yeah, yeah, yeah. into Kent. It's yeah, that big. Yeah, you get the people going, hey, hold on. They think you're carrying some illegals in the back or something. It's like, no, this is <laughs> yeah. Just received it, mate. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, I won't, I won't ramble on about it because we've been doing that loads. But yeah. um, just for reassurance for for people who are thinking like, oh, you know, what's the experience like? Yeah, the screen's fantastic. The weight is really good. It bounces really well in the hands. It's got great grips. I've got tiny, tiny, tiny hands. It's not too big for my hands. You're like Donald. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Donald slash Beadle is, is going on here. So all of that's really cool. And every game I play just has just worked. Anything that's you know listed as, as Steam Deck ready. Uh, I haven't played anything really funky yet on in terms of stuff that's already in my Steam library, uh, but says that it doesn't work. But I have already played two standalone demos that don't install that are fully Windows, you know, Windows based. Okay, a little bit of a faff getting it working, but not much. Now working perfectly. And immediately got streaming set up and was playing Tunic on Game Pass. So, yes. yeah, in a really short space of time. Oh, and I played Vampire Survivors, but, you know, that was bad. I was, on, I was, on, <laughs> I was on last night. Um, I was playing Vampire Survivors, ironically, as it was as well. And it popped up in the corner. Treble is online playing Vampire Survivors. <laughs> I know. If it hadn't have been for desperately wanting to try out all sorts, I would have been on there for, ooh, I don't know, a good couple of hours because I love that game. It's so good. So I've got the thing now. So the one thing you can do, it, it runs Euro Truck Simulator really well and apparently American Truck Simulator really well as well. Get yourself sat in a car. Stick on Euro Truck Simulator, <laughs> and it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate simulator experience then, because you get the actual feel of the road. I shall have to do that. And if you're in the passenger seat, play American Truck Simulator because the driving's on your that side. Then the wheel. Oh, if you're in, yeah. if you're in, if you're in the pa- if you're in the driver's seat, play Euro Truck Simulator. <laughs> Obviously, don't because you know that's a joke. Don't play it while you're driving. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that sounds good. I'll have to give that a try. Yes, this is just, I, I, it's just, it's, I'm still at that stage. What am I, three weeks in with it now, coming up to, of just like, oh my God, I can play this on this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Um, and it's just amazing. The 40 hertz screen thing has been brilliant. Um, it's really given me some extra battery life. And the games I'll be talking about today, they've all been played on the Steam Deck, despite every single one of them still having that little question mark. Nice. Me too. Everything I've played has been on, well, a mixture, but definitely works on Steam Deck as well. So talking of Steam Deck and playing games on Steam Deck, do you know what else you could play on Steam Deck? What? Video games. Yay! That segue you go. worked. Um, that was a big John Malkovich style segue, that one. It really was. Uh, so what have you been playing, Stu? And where what? have you been playing it? <laughs> well, as as we, you may guess, you might guess this one. <laughs> I've been playing them on the deck, and yeah, this is like even just since yesterday. So I've been cramming in as much as I can, mainly because I hadn't played anything new to talk about, and I was you know, holding off on playing, on talking about it on the uh, on the podcast and playing on the deck. So the first one I played was, you see, and it just the name of this game. It, you know, some games the names just don't stick in your head. Yeah. Please tell me it's not just me. No, no, no. Well, don't refer to me because I forget what I said five minutes ago. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm playing a game called Hope's Journey. And this is one of the strangest games I've ever played. So the idea of it is that it's a little bit like a... Well, you see, it's so hard to describe. Okay, so... The way that it looks, it looks like a, a you know, a Japanese RPG from the 90s. It's, it's you know, got that top-down, really basic sprites, 2D kind of thing. And when you 
talk to a person text bubble comes up and you chat with them you know in a separate little window it's like a visual novel style thing the the quirk if you can call it that because it's the entire sort of raison d'etre of the thing is that it's about mental health and it's about your own mental health and how to have coping strategies now throwing that out there it makes it sound like it's going to be really sophisticated but it immediately bumps into some very weird stuff that that makes the experience utterly utterly strange for me like for a start it, i'm not sure if the person's like native language is not english but there are a lot of spelling errors and there's some really weird sentence construction yeah that doesn't necessarily make sense and sometimes I'm, i was sitting there scratching my head trying to reason out exactly what they meant by single phrases um but that's not that's not terribly terrible most of it is really understandable but the the whole idea of it is that you're a school kid who is having some problems in their life and the game implies and tries to teach you some coping strategies and where i'm up to at the moment i've only been playing for about an hour is dealing with uh, catastrophizing so thinking that every problem that comes up can be the end of the world sort of thing yeah uh yeah which is a known you know it's a known thing it's it's a known piece of behavior whether it falls into the diagnostic criteria i'm not sure but it's certainly uh you know it's like commonly acknowledged with a lot of people oh yeah yeah i've been i've been there spilt food on the carpet and that is the worst thing to ever happen to anyone in the world and that you're scum for doing it true but you see, this is where problems come in. Because unless you start, unless you are using stuff that is diagnostic criteria, the way that people can think about and interpret what you're talking about can be really, really wide-ranging. Now, if you tell somebody this is the diagnostic criteria for, you know, schizophrenia, yeah, and that person goes away and misinterprets it, then that's on them. If you've got a game that talks about something and as it says in its disclaimer at the beginning this is not necessarily the diagnostic criteria this is the you know this is our interpretation this is things from online blah 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 you you may be running into some issues now that's not to say that the game is bad or ill-intentioned but it's very strange so uh i could talk about it for a long time even though i've not played it for long but the big problems at the moment for me are a is the communication thing that I was saying before. You know, it doesn't always make sense. And that's very, very difficult to pass when you're trying to concentrate hard to, to learn a lesson about mental health. Um, secondly, the characterization is very strange. So the character immediately starts out with having problems. You don't get to know her personality. Uh-huh. You don't get to know any of the positives in her life. You don't get to know any of her friends it really immediately goes into her teachers and counsellors talking about what's wrong with her and what she should be doing to try and fix these problems. And me as a gamer, me as the player, I'm there going, well, you're asking me to make judgments about how they should deal with these things without telling me a a wider context of what their life is like, how much pain they're in mentally, uh, you know, whether there's there's an external factor that's causing a lot of trouble at home or in a wider life that isn't related to study, etc, etc, etc. So when you start down this road, you've got to be really careful. And at the moment, I'm not sold on them being careful with this at all. Yeah. So the range of people it might reach either on an emotional or educational level is going to be very, very narrow because of that. Uh, I'd have to play a lot more before I could put anything definitive. But at the moment, it's like it's an interesting experiment that I don't really feel is working. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely fair enough. And what you say is interesting because if you're going to do something that characterises someone in a certain way, you've got to build to that. Um, so if you look at... It's a totally different game. If you look at uh, Senua's Sacrifice... It doesn't obviously offer any therapeutic experiences or, or, or anything like that. But it slow builds a window into Senua's um, psyche and why she is feeling what she's feeling, hearing what she's hearing. 
uh, whilst it doesn't give you like clear answers to anything, uh, obviously it goes places and it's definitely well worth playing if you haven't already. It does that slow build storytelling without actually doing, um, oh, what's the word for when? Exposition, sorry, it's not doing like pure exposition with you. It's slow build and it, it allows you to make judgment. And I don't think you could just plop someone on the screen and go, these have got some issues because what are these issues? So this is long-standing. Is it like just having a bad day? Which you can all have a bad day. We can all have a bad day and they can affect us really badly. But again, you've got to know what's the context behind it. Um, is someone like just having a bad day because, you know, they got some bad news earlier in the day and someone died, you know, and that can put anyone, that will put everyone in a bad mood. Or is it a long-standing thing? And if this can't convey that, you're right, I don't see how it can then say that, oh, you know, we use CBT um, to sort of help with uh, therapeutic practices and this could be an option without going, okay, that will work for me because I see myself in this character or it doesn't work for me because I don't see myself in this character. Uh, that has to be a fundamental there, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. And Senua's Sacrifice is a, is a very good touchstone for it because that's that kind of this is the character and this is their experience whereas hope's journey is trying to do more of a this is a common experience and this is how to deal with it yeah and it's like you you can't make a commonality you know of something that is entirely personal it's not possible um you can have educational documents around it and you can try and build a game framework around them maybe Yep. But the way that it does it here is just n nowhere near the level of sophistication needed for me to to be able to you know be both instructive and entertaining and and you know they've set themselves a mountain to climb to do that. So just very quickly, so one question I want to ask about this for for people um, who who may be interested in it or want to try and get something from it, I've seen a few different reviews of it. And some have been, oh, it's really good. Um, some have complained about accessibility. Others have said sort of like it's, um, it, it deals with like the complexity of it in, in really creative ways. But there was a couple that stood out, and one especially that claimed the game is almost dangerous in its approach um, and it could lead people down the wrong path. And, you know, they, they, it almost tries to do this like this black and white thing, whereas there's good feelings and bad feelings. And as the person explained, there are no good and bad feelings. Everything is somewhat grey in nature, and it's how you interpret it. So, you know, if you've had someone who was in a bad way, um, I don't mean sort of like on the edge in terms of you've got to do something for them now, because obviously. You, you 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 be with them you call someone you get them to a hospital whatever but someone who's you know you can see they're on a bit of a path is this something you would go have a play of this or would you keep them away from it uh, i would keep them away from it i would keep them away from most things like that i wouldn't really direct people towards anything except something that's very fully featured and sophisticated so a doctor's appointment um, yeah. a counsellor, somebody who's going to make things their job to reduce the complexity but help with the diagnosis and with the treatment. Yeah. So I would say as a blanket statement, nobody should be using games like this to for, for anything, you know, diagnostic or, or therapeutic really. And from what I've played, like, yeah, I mean, what you said is, is kind of, you know, in terms of reviews from other people, you know, I, I tend not to come down very hard on stuff, you know, apart from the Tories. But in terms of this game, yeah, I, it potentially can be dangerous. And I think the one thing is, you know, because it doesn't get into the full background and mind of the protagonist, and then you can't just say, oh, well, this is because of a momentary thing or it's a, you know, some, a symptom of a wider problem, you know, it's it, there's far too much complexity that has just skated over so that they can try and make a point um and i appreciate them trying it you know it's not it's it's done out of a good place it's it's done from a good urge it's certainly not going to be to make yeah. a lot of money um and it's there to try and help people but you know there's, there's a reason why these things haven't been attempted like this before 
yeah, at least I hope it's not there to just try and make money. That um, uh, that that would honestly be it. I mean, because again, you could disguise anything how you want it to be. But so, but no, they, they, from my interactions with the developer, it does seem to be coming from a good place. But as I said, unfortunately, my my initial thoughts of it was, I'm not sure this would work, and it's one of the reasons I passed it over to you rather than me taking it. Because I think I would be susceptible to looking at it, playing it, and thinking I'm broken. Mm. Um, there's something wrong with me, and I'm not sure I could cope with it after reading more about it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, without that, that wasn't me going. Oh, I'm giving it to you because I'll be broken. You could, you could test it. It was after I passed it to you because I had so much. Time. I read more. And went, oh Jesus Christ! I'm glad I did pass that over. Uh, because yeah. I'm, I, I've tried people just go, oh, have you tried CBT? And tell me what their version of CBT is. And it's, yeah, yeah. never take advice on CBT from anyone but a professional in a professional environment. Yes, yeah. And yeah, and everybody, you know, people have different different reactions to the even the concept of CBT as well. Uh it's it's a very tricky one and yeah i i i would say that i can imagine why people have said it's dangerous especially because it does it does basically say if you're if you're feeling a certain way and certain thoughts are coming in then the, they are intrusive thoughts now it doesn't use intrusive thoughts in the fully diagnostic sense of you know they are coming from a place of trauma and abuse but it's saying that your current experience is producing thoughts that you may not be handling in the correct way, and this is how to handle them. But because it's it's such a scattergun approach, when the character is receiving criticism that they shouldn't have done, they are still saying, this is me catastrophizing. Uh, and that's not something I necessarily agree with because an emotional reaction to somebody being critical to you is a natural human response yeah. for, for most people. Again, I don't want to just be broad you know, completely, but you know, generally being criticised, is it, it causes an emotional reaction, makes you feel bad. And to just palm it off and put it into the category of, oh, I'm catastrophizing, I should look at what the logical solution is, it works in some scenarios and it doesn't in others. Again, it depends. There's nuance. And this doesn't have that level of nuance. And it never could, because you, you can't do that. Hence why people create fictional characters who have, like Senua, full backstories and then have actions that demonstrate what the problems in their life are. And it tries to externalise them rather than have them internalised. We could go on for a very long time about this. The long and the short of it is, if you're gonna if you're gonna experience this game, go into it with an open mind, but you know, being very cautious about it. I would definitely say, don't ever go into any situation thinking that you have to take the advice that is provided because it's not always going to be great. And I'll finish with an anecdote. So, my I, I'm a mental health first aider. My wife recently went to a taster session of becoming one, and she came out of it with a terribly negative feeling from it. And she correctly identified that the reason was, was because it was run by their, her company's HR. Now, my training was done entirely by the governing body and it was perfectly aligned with everything that you would expect and want from such an establishment. Whereas my wife's was done by what was taken out and inserted in by a department that is there to protect the rights of a company and you know they've both been branded as being the same thing but they were completely different and I listened to what she said they told me with horror on my face I was like none of this applies and it's all wrong advice none of it is what you would get in the proper training they have twisted it so Yes, go into these things being incredibly careful. Yep, no, totally, totally agree. Um, not much else I can add to that, really. Um, so I won't. Um, right, moving on. Short one for me. Bit, an early access game I've been playing called Astral Ascent, which you may want to switch off now, Stu. It's a roguelite. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, because, you know, everything's a roguelite these days. It's 2D pixel graphics. That's going to switch off the rest of the audience. Um, however, hear me out. Really, really, really good game. It's in early access. There's still loads to be done for it. Um, basically, you get to choose one of four different characters to play through. And the idea is you you need to explore um, like this this astral prison. Um, and it's guarded by 12 creatures uh, known as the Zodiacs. There you go. Nice. And the idea is you need to basically go through the levels, build yourself up um, as you would in any rogue, like get more and more powerful so you can eventually beat each single one. And I played it for a few hours so far, back and forth. I'm not great at these games, but I really enjoy them. Uh, the different powers you can get keep the game feeling fresh on the whole. It's got kind of some mechanics that you would have seen in something like Guacamelee in terms of how you, you sort of like move dash in the air and, and things like that. Um, yeah. And it works really, really well. Then it's got, I would say, a bit of Dead Cells to it in terms of what the combat is. And again, that works really well. But the subic I can never get over in terms of just, it, it just impresses me every single time. And that is the art style of a pixel graphics game like this. And what they could do with the fluid movement that you just couldn't do in the 8 and 16 bit era. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful looking game in, in motion. Um, you yeah. know, I used to think that flashback was amazing, and that was like the like the pinnacle of what you could do with like making something look like a real cartoon. But you know, we're seeing it time and time again, and this is just another spectacularly looking game. Um, I'm not sure, apart from adding more content, what early access has got left to do for it. Um, it's like what they've got left to do during early access. But I really enjoyed the gameplay loop. Um, the, the the story is, is decent enough. It holds my attention. It's narrated. Um, it's got some decent accessibility options. Could do with a few more. There's a few areas where I think it suffers small text, especially on the deck. Um, and they, but they could still add to that. It, you know, I, I, I will feed back on that side of it. But oh, honestly, it's a beautiful looking game. It plays really, really well. And yeah, I just, you know, highly highly recommend if you're into these uh, these games in any way shape or form give this one a look nice i would except now i'm trying to look and my internet connection is being funky so let's not do that while we're recording but let's i'll do it afterwards yes. but no that's really funny because i i was going to say something exactly the same about that one of the games that i've been playing so if you like, we can segue straight into it let's go for it okay well i've been playing two in fact, uh, demos. Uh, one was created in a week and one has been in development since 2020. And they're both phenomenal in their own way. And they are both Mario games. And the first one is Super Mario Brothers Papercraft. And it's a remake of the first level of Super Mario Brothers from the NES. All done in a papercraft style. Now you'll be like, yeah, well, you know, okay, Paper Mario exists, blah, blah, blah. But... The difference here is that it's done to look exactly like it was when you record papergraphed animation stop motion. So it's not done like, oh, you know, it's all like at 60 frames per second. No, no, no. What they've done is they've done the backgrounds in fully smooth motion. And then like they did with Into the Spider-Verse, they've got like a 12 frame per second animation on the characters. The characters are on little sticks, little papercraft sticks that are moving around the environment. So, like, you're controlling them. Well, you're controlling Mario. Um, but he's got, like, a little stick up his bum and all the enemies have as well. And they animate at 12 frames per second. And it works perfectly. It looks exactly like you were watching a really expensive animation done in papercraft. I, I can't tell you how good it looks. Please, please, please look it up on YouTube. I, I'm, I'm doing that right now because my internet's fine. Oh my Jesus. I know. It was done in a week. This guy developed it in a week as a demo of what he could, what he but, could do, etc. And it's phenomenal. The, Nintendo were going to take this down, clearly, at some point, because it's <laughs> yeah. Nintendo. Um, I hope this gets developed into a full game with original characters. Oh my, yeah. that just... 
Yeah, it just looks. I don't, uh, yeah, I'm gonna definitely give this one a try because it just looks outstanding. Yeah, I'm gonna look up his coffee or his, or, you know, whatever, and pay him some money because that is just superb. I, I mean, you need to really do need to reward creators for for doing stuff like this because. I'm really hoping, like you say, that he gets a job off this that is like making a game that looks exactly like this, but with different characters because... Oh, even the level complete comes down on a stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like other things I haven't mentioned, it's got like, it's parallaxed. So if your character goes behind one of the clouds, it is like going behind a paper cloud. Uh, And you can, if there's a hole in it, you can see through and you can see Mario. Uh, You know, there's there's tons of really good high-resolution shadows so that it, they look, because they're so high resolution, they look real, uh, which contrasts brilliantly with the 12 frames per second jerky animation thing they've got going. Everything about it is beautifully considered. And it's just one of the cleverest things and such a good use of technology. I was blown away. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I, I, I wow. I mean, it looks like, I mean, You've obviously played this, so you know it. Know it's like an actual playable game. But if you'd have said to me, "Oh, someone's just made like a ten-minute animation to look like Mario's been done in papercraft," and you, like, it's not an actual game; it's just a video, I'd go, "Okay, that's really cool." Yeah. But this is an actual playable game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. I know. Oh, Absolutely. I love his death animation. Oh, yeah. my word, that's brilliant. He's, he's got almost all the physics right. There's a couple of iffy physics, but, you know, it was done in a week. But he's practically got them all correct as well. And as we know, the one, the physics... He's built this from scratch. He's not <laughs> stolen any Nintendo code. When and the physics round, When he turns around, you can see the stick on the other side of him, like, in yeah. a different position. I know. It's so good. It's so good. It's just oh, wow. so much thought and love has gone into it. Anyone who says there's no creativity in video games anymore is only playing the latest Activision stroke Ubisoft game. They really are because, wow, that's just... It's a platformer, which, yes, we've seen hundreds of platformers, if not thousands, before. Um, But this makes me want to play it, even though it's just Mario. It looks so... Yeah. Wow. God, what's the next one? What's the next one? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, completely on that theme. Yeah, the other the other Mario uh, one I've been playing is Super Mario Flashback, and that is a it's going to be a full game. It's a fan game. It's again, if you know, Nintendo allow it to exist, it doesn't use any Nintendo technical assets, but it's got all the characters. And what it is is a brand new Mario game in two D. So if you think about it, when was the last that was a fully fully two D game? Oh, God. A uh, long time ago. Long time ago. So. Probably New Super Mario Brothers. But that's 3D, isn't it? That uses polygons. It's a 2D style. But these Mario are. Mario Maker? Does that count? Uh, it might do if it, use, if it uses sprites. Yeah, I suppose you, you could. Well, number count two that, does yeah. because it's got its own levels. One was just pure create your own level. So that was a toy box. Whereas number two actually has a campaign. So I would say that was, but it was still using the old Mario games. Yeah. yeah. So this is brand new assets, everything hand drawn, brand new. Uh, they're all sprites and. There's tons and tons of frames of animation. So Mario and the Coopers and everybody else never had anywhere near this level of uh, of animation before. It's got its own style, its own look. It doesn't really look like uh, a Mario game in in the traditional sense. It, it you know everything's the right, still the same size, and it's got all the same skin and everything. But you know certain features are exaggerated and some are toned down, and it has its own aesthetic that blends them all really well together the level design's really good so far that i've played first couple of levels all the physics are re- work really well it's got a blend of controls from well loads of different games so new new super mario brothers like you mentioned it's got and it's got uh, a health bar like i think he's in that but also is in like mario odyssey and you know the 3d adventure games yeah uh it hasn't got triple jump but it has got wall jumps so it's it's picked and chosen certain aspects and abilities from you know the games to make sure they fit into a into a 2d one and 
for anyone who's disappointed by the aesthetics of new Super Mario Brothers, like I was, it's just so much nicer than that. It looks gorgeous. It's you know a joy to play. So far, the level design's really clever. It doesn't start off easy either. It starts at you know, it'd be like World Three in, in a regular Mario game. It doesn't ease you in like it does with for the kids, you know, for uh, for the the regular series. Um, it's ongoing. It was started in twenty twenty. And I'm really going to keep my eye on this one because so far it's really great and it works on the Steam Deck. Although there there are some iffy bits around it. I can only get it going with like experimental and then even then there's a couple of problems. But, you know, pretty much out of the box, apart from a couple of tweaks, good stuff. Yeah, this, I mean, I'm, I'm watching a couple of videos as you speak as well. And whilst this doesn't have the immediate impact of the a Papercraft Mario, it's... Um, the more I watch it, the more I'm going, oh, wow, okay, yeah. This looks yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um, and if you'd have said, you know, Miyamoto was making this, you'd go, okay, yeah, I'm up for that. Let's bring it. Yeah. Uh, it looks like what should be the actual proper direct sequel to Super Mario World. Yeah, yeah. It does look, it looks in that kind of a style and, you know, that level, like you were saying before, which is why it's such a good segue, is that uh, you could never do that on the 16-bit systems. The 32-bit systems didn't even have enough memory to, to do it. And then by the time of the modern era, nobody's bothering. They're just, it's like, oh, well, yeah, we do it in 3D and we can make it look like it's uh, a 2D game. And it's like, ah, but, you know, if you go through the process of hand-drawing the sprites and making it look, you know, making them move and animate in that kind of particular way, you produce something that's a different type of art. Yeah. And it's worth, it's still worth doing. So, yeah, fabulous. This makes me now, watching this, and I know it's a completely different genre, but I want someone to go back and remake um, using like this sort of modern, like what we could do, and do like FIFA 94 and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Because just the extra frames that you could put, and the extra sort of like frames of animation you could put in now and have it running so smoothly, it just, wow, yeah. Um, and 2D Mario is always the best Mario. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoy Mario Odyssey. I enjoyed Mario Galaxy. I both absolutely spectacular games. Um, I even like the uh, water one, whatever that was called. I forget. Sunshine. But in terms of I will probably rarely ever go back and play those. But give me Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World. I would go, okay, I'll put everything down and play those again. And this looks in, definitely looks in that, that, that vein. Yeah, it's definitely one that you, you will be right up your street. You should definitely give it a go. It, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that one. Um, Excellent. Great, I haven't got enough to play. <laughs> oh, same problem myself. <laughs> right, moving on, something that's not Mario, but it is cute and it is quirky. Um, and it's now, it was a platform exclusive, but now it's not. It's Bug Snacks. <laughs> yeah. Because I initially asked for this and I was going to go for, I want it on Switch, want it on Switch, want it on Switch. No, I don't. I don't want this on Switch anymore. Um, Can I guess what you prefer it to be on? <laughs> oh, I've played it on Steam Deck. Uh, because again, like most games, I think it's a brilliant handheld game in terms of just pick up, stick it on, play wherever you want, sat on the sofa, brilliant for that. Don't want to play this sat at a computer chair. And look, there's not much I can say about Bug Snacks as a game. I've 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 written reviews and, and stuff on it before as an actual game. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, it goes places at the end that is is quite dark and shocking. But the concept behind it is basically Pokemon esque in a way, um, slime rancher esque. You know, you go around, you need to sort of like find and collect different bugs that are also snacks so you get like a strabby which is like a little strawberry bug and if you eat it part of your body turns into a strawberry you've got like carrot based ones again this is where i'm crap with names i can't remember any of their names um but you do I mean, it changes like how you look and what you do and you have to do different techniques so you use smaller bugs to capture bigger bugs and and all things like that you got all those little various little tasks it's just lovely a lovely game um, it's got a brilliant art style, and I think when I mentioned it before, um, it does um, inclusivity spot on because the two two of the characters in it are in a loving relationship. They just both happen to be women, uh, but it's not mentioned. 
Uh, but not in a, oh, we're hinted towards it's kind of way. It's just two people who are both women that love each other. And oh, that's it. Do they happen to be bugs as well? No, they're not. They're whatever oh. the uh, main types of characters are. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. A lovely game. Um, and it plays wonderfully on the Steam Deck. I'm, I've, I've got it, my, like, my deck set to 40 hertz and 40 frames a second. And um, it, it, it just, yeah, it runs absolutely perfectly in that. Um, I, again, it's what what do I say? You know, if you've never played Bug Snacks, and I know a lot of people haven't, because they look at it and go, oh, it's like Knack. It's not like Knack. It's like, that was okay, right? I enjoyed that for what it was. It was a quirky thing that was, like, nice to have on the PlayStation 4 because there was not much else. But yeah. Bug Snacks is a, a genuinely, genuinely fantastic game. And if you've overlooked it because it looks kiddie, it looks like, oh, it's another knack or whatever, do yourself a favour and pick it up. You can get it for, like, 20 quid. It's like, that. that's its cost without a discount. Get it, play it. It is absolutely fantastic, and don't don't get all highbrow over video games and miss out on an absolute gem. That's all. That's, all, that's pretty much all I want to say on it. it Bugstax is wonderful. Oh, cool! No, it's good to hear that. Uh, I think a lot of it might just be down to the name. The name is really poor, and yeah, you know, I'm not just taking a, an easy swipe at it. It's it's <laughs> it's so important in terms of branding to have a good good name for your game. And uh, yeah, it's it's a poor name, and I think it probably would have done better if it had a better one. But oh god, if they'd have called it Call of Bugs or whatever like that, it probably would have sold Game Busters. Um, <laughs> but it also the name does exactly what the game says it does. They're bugs that you eat. They're bug snacks. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. he's it, it, there. But I get what you mean. It's with the quirky look of the name. It does look like it's just ah, oh, let's get something out because especially didn't help. It came out with the PS Five as well as that was coming out and a lot of people probably saw it as the next that because it's oh it's just a launch title even though yeah. it came out on ps4 as well uh, which is a that's that's a massive crying shame because it, it is much more than that um honestly uh, it, you know it's a low risk as well 20 quid is what is that's the price point where you can go yeah do you know what i'll give that a go and you'll yeah. be genuinely surprised you it walls with very cold hearts Cool. Yeah, no, I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, the the forty hertz, forty frames per second thing I've been doing. Yeah, really good. I started. Uh, I stuck on Scarlet Nexus, which I'm still midway through, and yeah, absolutely great. I've not really pushed the settings, but I've got it all on medium at the moment, and with you know FSR on, looks fantastic runs really really smooth at that frame rate frame rate never drops really really impressed yeah I, I think i made a mistake with the game i tested on it i think i pushed it a bit too hard elden ring no go on pixelubia <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I don't know it's a difference this is great i was like i'm playing pixelubia if that, that that that's not even pushing a calculator <laughs> uh, yeah in a very good way. That's not me inside the game. You know how much I love Mixolumia. Um, it's yeah, but that's not pushing the cat player. Oh, yeah. But I turned on forty hertz mode. Went right. Let's see what this could do. Oh yeah, Mixolumia. <laughs> oh you, you nutter. Uh, but I've also played. I've played like Grid um, Auto Sport on it. Absolutely fine. The one genre where I think frames frame dips and if it does make a difference is definitely in racing games. Yeah, Grid Auto Sport spot on. Nice. Um, so what's what's the last game you've been playing then? My last game, and it is my game of the week. The game of the week. The game of the week. Ba -ba -da -ba -ba. Okay. Nice. Um, I don't know why I've done that. You've got a sting. <laughs> um, I've been, if you say to me, roguelike... <laughs> Isometric, Tetris, I'm all in. That that's that's two of those words are definitely for me. Um, and yeah, the other one I say I do like an isometric game as well. They do look good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've been playing Loot River. Oh. Um, 
Now, this has been getting actually a fairly mixed reception, which surprises me. Um, and I think people are struggling with the mechanics a bit. And it is difficult. I will give it that. It's difficult. And there's a learning curve, a steep, steep learning curve. Um, but basically, what, what the general premise is, you're in a rogue, like there's a story. Don't care about the story. Never do with these sorts of games. Just give me the weapons and let me go at it. Um, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I should probably take more stories in, but I don't care. Anyway. Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, but yeah, so you basically go in this procedural dungeon as you do, and all the uh, the bits you walk on, the floor and everything, and they're all different um, platforms, but you kind of move them, and they're shaped like Tetris pieces in a way. Um, they're not all Tetrominoes. Um, they're all different sizes and shapes or whatever. But basically, you can slide them together to make bigger platforms. You could, if you're on it and you've you've got to take on an enemy, you could like draw an enemy in so they're close to the edge and move your platform back, charge your attack, go back in, slide in the platform and attack the enemy. Or you can use it to sort of like draw them one way, go round the other, and then get like a back attack on them and stuff like that. Yeah, and you use these to then like get through the level. So you have to kind of slide these blocks. You get this puzzle element because you might have be on one block. You'll get to a section and it's like completely blocked, and you need to unslide other platforms to get another platform through there. Um, it's it's like it's fairly simple. Trying to level works. You haven't got to be particularly precise there. Um, it's really really hard. Um, I've I've barely got out the first couple of areas. Um, and I've barely levelled up, um, but you know it's it could do with being a bit easier at the start. In all honesty, um, but once you get going with this and you've you've beaten it at like a couple of levels, you've got a couple of permanent upgrades. It really, really does come into its own, and you start to pick up the little strategies. So you could get different types of weapons and different buffs and things like that. You could actually get mods as well which will do that thing of oh, if you put this mod into your run you'll get extra damage um, power but you could have you will be hit more harder or you'll get more experience but you know um, they, there will be more tougher enemies about and stuff like that so you can change the game up and it's like it's got a risk and reward thing visually really nice um but what they've done which i really like and there's one reason i really like it is they've got a really good approach to accessibility so there's a colorblind mode again that's really good you can change the size of the text um to normal and large um cr credit for not going small uh, because that would just be an insult. <laughs> Pointless, yeah. Yeah, you got normal and large, um, which is really good. Could, uh, no, I don't think it does need a, another one, actually. The large is very legible on, um, on the Steam Deck. Um, it's got the ability to be able to put um, like a, a glow around enemies so you can see where they are against the background, all little things like that. You can reduce the screen shake, all the nice little touches. Um, one thing it does do... And this is something a lot of games do, and it pisses me off, and I'm going to use this as a way of, of bringing this one in. Don't use red text. Good, yeah, good point. Don't do it. At any point. I've seen other games do it where, oh, we've got this little, this important word that helps you with, like, oh, you've got to know what this word is because it's important to the game. So it's in red. Don't do that. But even for people who can see properly, red on anything is not an easy colour to read. Absolutely. It's a terrible idea. Yep. Underline it. If you've got to make it stand out, underline it. Make it bold. Something other than poxy red. Anyway, that's that. Okay, with that. Don't use red <laughs> text. And this has red text in it on the menus. Ah, turn it off. Get rid of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, aside from that, I'm really en enjoying this... Um, it has got mixed reviews overall, and I get it. Uh, but if I think if you are a fan of Dark Souls esque difficulty and roguelikes, then I think this could be well up your street. Uh, as I said, I don't know. A lot of the coverage seems to be design choices and stuff like that. Um, I see one complaint about like how the screen shakes and stuff like that. Hey, us disabled people. 
we don't have that. We turn that off. You could turn it off too. Um, which is why I think they need to do, again, front and centre accessibility options before you start a game. Um, spoke about this before. A game like this would be perfect. Is do you want to continue without accessibility options? Press A and just go through. Do you want to set up accessibility options? Or, you know, or, or do like basically a yes, no. And if you press yes, you get the list of accessibility options. If you click no, you click through and start the game. Replace all start screens. Do you know where you've got your screen that says press start to go to start and it takes you into a menu anyway? Yeah. Just, re- just replace that screen. We've yeah. Press A to go, to go straight in. Press B to do accessibility. Yep, I I agree. I think that you should have like little uh, little animations, little screens of of what will happen. Yeah. You know, if you turn it on or off or whatever. And yeah, good job. Oh uh, yeah. Do you know what? I'd be happy if it didn't have that. It was just a list. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's better than what we've got now. But yeah, if you could show, like. Because you've got colourblind modes on there. They've got like these weird names, like medical names too. I don't know what they actually mean. And you can turn them on. on there's three of them and none. Well, I've, I, I don't know what they are. I don't know what these words are because I'm not colourblind. But I don't know. Like sometimes a colourblind option can help me. So I, I'm, I'm doing I'm like, I don't know what this one is. Yeah. So if I had a little graphic that showed me what it would do. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it, what I'm going to do with this, it's got really good accessibility options. Could do with a bit of improvement in some of them, but overall really good. Uh, but yeah, really, it's a really, really good game. People are complaining about the combat system. Just got to get used to it. It's a different combat yeah. system to other games. Just get good, is what they say, in it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think there's there's a lot of kind of like... When when game when they first started making games, like when games were in the arcade, there was very little at home. <clears throat> it obviously catered to a particular demographic. It was yeah. like young males, uh, and then they kind of like, well, they're going to be the ones playing at home, and then that kind of like stuck for forty years. And it's like, yeah, no, we need to move away from that. We need to be looking at like what you would do for. I mean. I think one of the problems as well is that, like, if you think about accessibility options for just stuff in, like, Netflix, it's not great, you know. No. It's still you, you still have to go along into tiny little menus to find the ones you want. And for Netflix, I would prefer them to go, oh, do you want to do this before we get started? But, yes, games where it's all, like, dead easy graphical user interface should be there straight from the start. Um, the other thing, just checking my notes... I would say this is top-down, not isometric. So, just a small thing, but just in case people were thinking about it. Yeah, maybe not isometric. It's a slight angle. I wouldn't say it's top-down, top-down. There's down. an angle, but isometric tends to be... Yeah, it's the from the corner, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Viewpoint, which I'm still playing. Uh, still trying to one credit. I can get... Well, sort of get to level four on one credit, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. In there. Yeah. Four out of six. So, yeah, get in there. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. You'll do it once without recording. Oh, yeah. Never totally. be able to do it again. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, Loot River, the not quite isometric game. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why I said isometric. I think it's because as I was. Um, as I was checking feeds, it's the tags on it that I've got are isometric. And oh, I think yeah. I just went. Yeah, I think even as I said it, I went. It's not quite, but. They've said it is, so maybe it is. Maybe that counts as isometric. I don't know. Yeah, I feel um, really petty bringing it up now. <laughs> no, no, sorry. no. It's, it doesn't matter whatsoever. No, no, because you, no, you you say that like, but some people would go, well, "Is that isometric?" I'm going to give it a negative steam review. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's a weird angle, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. It's kind of like um, hyperlight drifter. Yeah. It's the same thing, I think. So it's not fully top down. They're angled. So it's a top down camera, but stuff is angled so that you can see the front of it rather than just the top. Yeah, I dare say it's one of those that if it was in a free, if this was 3D, like 3D welding, you had it at that angle, and then you move the camera to the side, it'll be like, um, do you know when you see like a football game and you've got those um, advertising holdings that are painted yes. on the pitch? Yeah. And then you look at them from like, pitch level and they're like really stretched yes. I've got a feeling that's what this would look like if you went down to the actual level of the game 
Yeah, no, that's a really good comparison. Funnily enough, I was playing um, Demons of Asterborg on my Meg Drive the other day, and that's got an effect where it it shifts the... Like, you see the side of a building when you come in into the level, and it's only a 2D platformer, and when you move past it, it shifts and the you know it shifts out of sight. A yeah. really nice effect. If they could do that in Loot River, that would be really cool. But there you go. Something for them to do for the sequel, Loot Loot River. <laughs> also Toot River, because it's like the second it's number two. It's the second game. It's Toot Toot River, T W O O T. Also, no? every time I start the game, I can't help myself. Go, loot river, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Even though I just can't help myself. And yeah. it needs that as the intro theme song, like just the music. Yeah, it needs Also, to I'm off, never totally. singing again. Definitely. I do apologise. Never sing again, bro. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's all. Like, it's not all I've been playing. I've, got, I've been playing loads, but it's all I'm fitting in today. Uh, more. I'll be, doing, I'll be doing a couple of sound bites. Um, coming up um, so you can look forward to those if you haven't tired of my voice um, talking of which just one little aside um, Mike Biffle I think it was put on um, Twitter uh, a thing called like uh, he's done a verbiage for definition for what podcasting means and he put on yeah. there it's when, you, when you're on a group telephone call uh, for work meeting and you just sit there listening not joining in as though you're listening to a podcast and I was thinking yeah I bet Stu's got a much different view of what podcasting is, <laughs> which is trying to get a word in edgeways, but Brad doesn't shut up. Oh, dear. You haven't done the line. Because I'm not shutting up yet, that's why. Oh, I was so hopeful then. <laughs> I could have I could have segued into that, couldn't I? Oh, well, I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the experience as a listener. It's definitely not the experience as, as a participant. But... Um... Yeah, fair play to him. <laughs> but on that note, we've probably I probably spoke about you know the first game Hope's Journey way too much. So if if you get an edit of this, and it's only five minutes of us talking about it, that's because we rambled on for like twenty minutes talking about it. I think it's important. Yeah. I think it was important actually what we had to say about it because I think it's trying to be something. I'm just going to cover this one. It's trying to be something that I don't think it should try and be. Yeah. Even though the intentions are good, and I think it was important to cover that in a in a more in depth way than we do with some most games that we play. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So, other than that, follow us on all the socials and join our Discord if you fancy to a uh, conversation about anything, any topic you like. And other than that. Have a great week. Stay safe and stay sane.